0: Welcome to Behind the Tools. Here's Tradeify CEO and your host, Michael Steckler.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Tools. Uh, Delighted this week to have John Zabo, who is at JS Plastering, and he's out in Mildura in uh, Australia, which is in Victoria. I guess the closest city, John, would be probably Adelaide. Is that probably the closest big city? Yeah, it would be, yeah.
0: yeah, Adelaide and um, Melbourne. We're kind of in the middle of it.
1: It's right in the middle of the two. Mm, Yeah. mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, look, thanks for joining the show. Great to have you on board. Thank you. And um, I think you're our first, I feel like I'm saying this every week now, but our first plasterer we've had on. Um, so that's good to see. Do you want to maybe oh, uh, talk a little <laughs> Yeah, do you want to maybe start by telling us a little bit about the business?
0: Um, well, JS Plastering um, started, well, officially started in 2014, but before then I was used to trade as JB and Sons Plastering. Um, but unfortunately, the bee ran off with the son. So I had to do something about the name.
1: <laughs> oh, hold on. So the, the bee was the, it was the B and their son, and then you? Yeah. So, they, so it was yeah. John
0: and Beck plastering pretty much. Yeah. And sons, because I had um, a few boys with it. Uh, but yeah. So I started re- rebranded as JS plastering and um, going, been going really great since. So, um, Got a fair bit of work here and there. Um, Started off small, still end kind of small, but um, starting to get a little bit bigger now. Um, As we're looking into bigger projects, we got new staff. So, yeah, it's been really good.
1: Great. And Um, and how was that experience? When you say you ran off, was that an amicable break or was that a...?
0: um, Not quite. Um, it was right. a bit of a heartbreaker but um, in the end I got over it and realised that it's not the type of person I wanted to be with anyway
1: <laughs> Yeah, did, so, you, did you get, uh, not, to dwell, not to dwell on it, but I think it's, yep. um, it's, not, it's not an uncommon story I've, I've seen it with yeah. businesses, this sort of happens a lot they get into business with someone and it doesn't work out for whatever reason, is there anything you learned from that that you would do differently or not um,
0: do? I've actually learned a fair bit Like generally hmm. most of the reason behind it all was work um, I was working um, just as an employee for a pasturing company and then right. I was doing my cashies and whatnot after hours because like, we, we we're quite a large size family. So I've worked quite a lot. So I've now realised that, you know, that's not really a good thing to do. So I've cut back on the amount of work I do and try and have more family time, um, especially now in a new relationship and uh, have a stepchild. And um, I devote as much time as I can to them.
1: Yeah, cool. great. Yeah. And so in terms of um, I think you've got are you four employees right now and your in your company I got
0: uh, two employees and one subcontractor.
1: Yeah um, yeah
0: so and with without them I obviously I'll be run off my feet trying to get jobs done and whatnot yeah. Um, yeah. and um, yeah, we try to find so its helped organizing work and um yeah it's been cool. going great
1: good that's great good to hear and you know and so can you talk, talk us through maybe going back to that evolution of you know the break and then setting up as JS how did you how did you grow the business did you have a kind of a, a, a book of people you already knew and work with ex-customers that you sort of took with you how did that how did that evolve
0: so I um had a bit of a break from plastering altogether I kind of blamed you know, plastering and a few other things um, for the relationship breakdown. But um, I had an opportunity that arose and um, it made me start up the business again. Uh, and that was working for a, a local builder here and uh, start contracting again. So I started doing that and rebranded as JS Plastering. Uh, had a couple of guys on at the time with subcontractors working for me. And uh, everything was going smoothly um, until my health ended up going downhill, and um, later discovered that I had stage two bowel cancer.
1: Oh God! Sorry to hear that. Yeah.
0: So um, I had to shut the business down again, and uh, fought the cancer, and I had to start again, pretty much, because uh, you know the guys that I had went elsewhere, um, contracts I had, they obviously went elsewhere. Uh, so i'd start the business all over again and um, i started a little bit differently on how i ran things and managed things sorted out my terms and conditions and whatnot to make sure that i got paid and just uh kind of refocused on everything and took everything that i've learned from the past all my mistakes and all the issues that i had and pretty much changed it all um so from there i um Took on, you know, some bigger stuff. i have done some shop fit outs and whatnot to grow to get my name out there. Um, some me old contractors that I've dealt with in the past, they come yeah. back to me. Uh, so it's all probably from building the 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 base part of the business. I get my name and like um, I had a good name. Well, I still do have a good name, um, in, in the industry here in Multura. So I um, Kind of worked on that and then just kept building and building and building
1: well look congratulations firstly and that's that's a and sorry yeah. to hear about the and i presume you're, you're fully in remission now and yeah yeah, yeah i've yeah. been
0: in remission i think i'll be
1: coming up to five years now in january oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah great yeah that's good to hear fantastic yeah
0: yeah and even beforehand like um my old boss he say, oh like, you know um you, you'll never make it you're not a good plasterer um and I thought, well, you yeah, know, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I've had him come to me asking for work, <laughs> asking if I can do some work for him and whatnot. So I feel that. Did when really ask you
1: for that work? Did you remind him of his uh, previous review? Uh,
0: I actually needed work at the time, but I turned around <laughs> and said, "Look, mate, I'm just so flat out, I can't, can't do it." But yeah, thanks for the offer. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And what do you
1: think, what, what was it, how did you go about making that name for yourself? I mean, you already, you'd already done some work, but what was the important things you think you did to it's establish that reputation?
0: drive to succeed. Yeah, pretty much just the drive and the, the passion to succeed and um, either not be the best, but be one of the best.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. And is there anything you do, particularly when you approach, how you approach customers and when you approach jobs and how you manage that that you think is different?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I always have a bit of banter with customers and build up the rapport, um, build up the trust in, in the customer first. And um, a lot of customers, they come to me from Facebook. That's where most yeah. of my advertising comes from. And like I, I do a lot of little videos um, of my work and I, I present my business really well um, with those videos. And um, yeah, I most of it's from word of mouth. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't really chase my, for my customers. I do have radio ads um, and they do seem to work. I've just picked up a contract today, which is great from the radio ad, but um, I don't really so need advertising. So what made
1: you do the, yeah, I'm intrigued, I'm intrigued because generally this, the, the thing we regularly hear is people don't need ads as much, right? The best work mm. comes from, from word of mouth and recommendations. What prompted you to run the, the bearing that in mind, to run the radio ads? um more just to target
0: the market that's not on social media right more or less so um and also just to push out there and maybe put in everyone else's face that you know i've i it i'm succeeding and um you know i'm still around um because i've had a lot of people that ridicule me and what i wasn't the best apprentice um but i ended up bettering myself and um getting out there and proving to people that you know you're wrong
1: <laughs> what so what what um talk me through that when you're an apprentice is this i mean firstly is that, was that a fair fair reflection of you as an apprentice or
0: yeah well, as an apprentice like you know my first boss was really good he um you know taught me a lot of things and uh he was great it was just the people i worked with i didn't really like right um I was like, I don't know, I was kind of a shy kind of guy. Um, it took a while for me to get out of my shell. Um, so, yeah, I was very conservative, which probably being conservative doesn't help to be a tradesman. <laughs> I'm going to have a little bit of uh, crudeness and uh, a bit of banter in you, which I've picked up in the past. Um, but uh of ignored all that kind of things and just focused on you know doing my trade and um trying to get somewhere in life uh i ended up leaving my apprenticeship probably in my third year i think it was no second year just after my second year before my third year um i applied for the air force and um yeah ended up having a bit of a bingle in melbourne car so I was stuck in Melbourne for a while and I ended up liking the place so I told my boss I quit.
1: Uh, a, a bit a bit of a what sorry did you say? <laughs> a bit of a bingle with a car accident. Oh is that is that oh yeah. sorry that's a, that's a new one. Sorry I Australian mean. slang. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah so I had a bit of a car accident and I was stuck in Melbourne for that's a while. That's a funny one because
1: so, it makes it sound like it's fun. Yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I quit my job and went a different path I went in doing sales and whatnot um, but it wasn't until when my dad uh, was on his Uh, last legs so to speak um with cancer as well and um he's pretty much said you know i really would like to see you finish your apprenticeship um because otherwise you know it's run away two years of your life it'd be really good if you finished it and if i wasn't around i'd like you to do it you know not for yourself but do it for me and um you know make me really proud anyway two days later dad passed and um I actually put it into action. I started looking to getting back into my apprenticeship right. and finishing it, so which I did.
1: Okay, sorry, sorry yeah. to hear that, but it and it's and it's worked out. It sounds like it. Yeah, was, it, it sounds, seems work, like it was yeah. good advice.
0: Yeah, it was. It was good advice, and I finished off my apprenticeship with pretty much what I would describe as a tyrant. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. He was a bad boss. The guys I worked for was great, um, especially one of them. He showed me all the ropes. And he was much younger than me. And, um, yeah, I looked up to him and um, tried to be as good as him. I'm now better because he's no longer doing the trade. And, um, yeah, as soon as the apprenticeship ended, I got out of there. So I wasn't going to stick around.
1: Yeah, I'd like to to touch on that because um, I think it's one of the things I've heard on here before and from other people is that, you know, the way apprentices historically were treated and, versus i think there sort of seems to be a newer um group of people that are treating them differently partly because of their own experience right of being treated badly i think if you've ever had a bad boss at some point early in your career you tend to reflect unfortunately more on the bad ones than the good ones because you sort of Mm. are determined not to become that that type of leader manager yeah that's exactly someone else how is that is that has that affected your approach in terms of it has
0: um i when I first started with this boss, he got me to sand a ceiling with a sander machine. Never done it in my entire life. Had a quick rundown and he said, right. And he said, I want this ceiling done um, by the end of the weekend. Yeah, no worries, done the ceiling and I trashed it. Like it was destroyed, yeah. it was bad. Um, I think ever since then he had bad blood for me. Um, he always used to... Um, Put me down. He always used to be tough, but nasty, tough, kind of thing. And I always said to to myself, look, you know, just keep doing it, finish your apprenticeship, do it for dad, get out of there. And then, I always said to myself, there's no way I'll ever treat my workers or my apprentices the way I was treated, uh, which is, I don't. I treat my workers with respect. I treat them to, the way I'd like to be spoken to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're actually being quite loyal and stuck with me.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah. Which is, um, you know, if nothing else, it's a good business reason to be good, good, you know, leaders to people because ultimately... You know, and it's not easy finding good people nowadays, I think, in trade. No, it's well, that's right. People. And at the end of the
0: day, like, you know, as a business owner, you're not just a business owner. You're a mentor, you're a coach, and you're a leader. Um, and, uh, yeah, you're none of those things. And um, you're just, you know, a tyrant and, you know, just a boss. Yeah. Uh, your workers won't respect you and uh, the quality of work that you want them to achieve <laughs> won't happen. Cause they just don't care. They just won't want to be yeah. there. And that's how I was at the end of the day. I felt like, well, I'm busting my nut um, for you. You're getting all the credit and I'm just getting crapped all over. So yeah, yeah. what's yeah. the point of me being here? Yeah. So yeah. I don't reflect that on my workers. I want my workers to stay here and um, do the job and, make the business money and um, be happy.
1: Yeah. Good. That's great. It's good to hear. And, and when you start, when you're in the other business, how did you learn about things like pricing and, you know, charge out all the, all the way the business side of it, which, you know, coming from being an apprentice into a business, where did you pick that stuff up from?
0: It, yeah. The pricing part was pretty hard because it's not something you really learn at school um, right. or even trade school. Even um, I, Asked for some advice off a of plasterer once and said, Oh, you know, don't tell me what you charge, but what should I right. be charging? And I reckon that plasterer gave me the wrong advice. He gave me really low rates and I ended up becoming too cheap right. to to other people. And I used to have other plasterers saying, Oh, you're too cheap, Johnny, rah, rah, rah. you know, it's unfair that you're charging these prices. You're getting all the work, um, but you know, how are you making money? And I, I looked at my pricing and whatnot. And I spoke to some other plasterers and, um, you know, just asked, you know, this is what I'm charging. Tell me, am I too cheap or am I in the middle or what? And they actually said, yeah, you're too cheap. You should be charging somewhere around here. And I said, well, I really appreciate the advice. Um, I look over my pricing and I'll change it. So I slowly upped it because if I just did it straight away on a big yeah. increase, people will walk away and I wouldn't get work. So used to these cheap prices that I was charging. Right. So I slowly upped it and then went from there. Um, but like I said, when I've restructured my whole business from JB and Sons to JS, that's when I looked at all my pricing and whatnot and all the mistakes I made in the past. Like I used to price jobs. like So, you know, it was $12 a square metre and that include cornicing, all the steel angles and yeah, everything. Yeah. Whereas later I learned that I'm supposed to charge uh, a meter meterage for the um, cornicing and all the steel beads and all that. And I'm like, holy crap, I've lost out on so much money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's mostly talking to other people in the industry. To, that really helped me to build... To where I am now in pricing structure, and I still do ask. I, I, my main supplier, he's a um, you know, he's a contractor as well, and I'd say, well, you know, what should I be charging per meter for doing this? So it's all new to me, and it pretty much tells me so. Which is um, the,
1: it's why, I mean, you on a really good point. I think one of the, the most common problems is, you know, unprofitability where people are mm. doing, they're really, really busy and the business goes under and people sort of go, oh, they were really busy. They had, they had tons of work. Why would they, why did they go under? Um, mm. And it's exactly what you described. they just not pricing at the appropriate rate. Yeah, it's quite, that's hard, right. and quite hard to get out of that because you've set an expectation with potential yeah. customers about what you charge and, and you might actually in some instances get the wrong type of customers, right? Coming to you for work because yeah. they want the cheapest price versus maybe the best, best job. Um, so that's definitely a learning. And how have you approached, you know, have you had any difficult customers? Have you, I've always think of plastering as one of those. There's nothing like a freshly plastered wall. It's amazing. But how do you, do you get difficult customers? Is that something you have to deal with a lot?
0: I've had a few difficult customers in the past. Um, mostly I've had one, The probably the worst one I had, or one of the worst ones is that um, I've done the job a couple of years ago and um, I had to plaster this, these walls and um, I, I just went in, I put the board on the walls, finished off the joints, sanded it, corners it as per normal. And then the customer goes to me and goes, Oh, the walls are wonky. I said, Are they? And he goes, Yeah, he said, oh, i am not, not paying for wonky walls. And I said, Well, I'm a plasterer and not a carpenter. I uh, said, so I did explain to you at the start that um, the walls need to be plaster ready and you, you need to straighten your walls if okay. that they need to. And you neglected to do that. So, and I put the walls on. So, it's not my fault. He goes, oh, but the walls got to be straight. You'd plaster, you plaster, you've got to make sure they're straight. I said, no, I don't. Uh, but, yeah, so that ended up getting pretty bad. Um, to the point that he, he went to threaten legal action and whatnot, and I ended up getting another plaster out there. And he explained it to him as well. And he just in the end said, oh, "You know what? Well, just take your money and go." <laughs> um, so I was in the right at the time, but I felt felt like I was done something wrong by the customer. Um, so yeah, there was a, that was a bit of a hard one that one. Um, and the only other customer I've ever walked out on before was—he wanted me to do something that was against um, standards. He right. wanted uh, wanted me to fix the ceiling directly underneath a ceiling, so just put screw the plasterboard like straight up onto the ceiling um, with no battens or anything like that, and then yeah, hopefully it all fixes his problem. And I said to him, I said, mate, I can't do that. I've got to batten it out. So I'll go screw buttons up and then I'll go fix the plaster on there. Oh, no, 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 I don't want that. I just want you to put it straight up there. And I said, no, I'm not doing it. He goes, oh, well, what if I just sign a waiver and say, you know, I'll be liable for anything that happens. And I said, say, so, so, if I, if you sign a, a waiver and I screw that ceiling up and your kids are sitting there and watching TV and that ceiling comes down on top of their head and puts them in the hospital, you're not going to come after me. Oh, uh, yeah, no, no, you would be right, to just do it. And I said, no, I'm not doing it, mate. He goes, oh, well, I'm not going to pay you. I said, well, that's fine. I said, here's an invoice. I'll do an invoice for what we've done so far. You pay me that and we'll call it quits. And if you find someone else that does it your way, so be it. And um, he's like, oh, no, I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to pay. And uh, I said, well, I'm not leaving until you pay. And he ended up bringing the police um, and... uh, they come out and I said to him, I thought, this is what it is. I said, I've got regulations and standards I gotta follow. He wants me to breach that. So I've pulled the pin on the job. And um, I'll just give him the bill for what we've done. He's like, oh, all right. He said, oh well, this civil matter, so <laughs> nothing to do with us. And took off and he, just, he actually said to the bloke, he said, mate, you should pay the guy. He said, because um, yeah. He's done what he needs to do. He's the work. He's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. not going to proceed any further. And he's within his right to take it to, to court or whatever if you don't want to pay. So he ended up paying so eventually. I think it took him about three or four weeks but he ended up paying after I got a lawyer's letter written up. Um, and I think he was probably the worst customer I've ever had. And that was yeah, back so when I first of, started. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was way back when i first started out on my own and uh yeah i was i didn't like being intimidated by this person that i ended up um going through the proper legal, legal channels and because right. so- i do everything by the book i won't i won't uh take shortcuts i won't do nothing for no one so it's either you do it by the book or i don't do it at all
1: yeah yeah why, why would you why do you want to see coming down and someone's head? exactly and, and- Is there any way, do you think in those situations, is there any way you look back on any of those situations think there's something you could have seen to sort of spot that, I guess, predict that person was going to potentially be a pain?
0: Yeah, I kind of sometimes when people ask for jobs, um, they uh, kind of dictate what they want done and how they work. Um, So... I'll go there and I advise them, you know, this is how it's got to be done, rah, rah, rah. He goes, oh, but, you know, I've seen on YouTube, this and that. And I said, well, yeah. I said, I, yeah. yeah, I got yeah. I got my um, trade certificate off YouTube as well. Um, but I've also done a four-year um, a trade apprenticeship and uh, I've learned all these things and this is how it is. Um, so it's either I do it this way or I'm not doing the job at all. Um, and they've been pretty cool with that um but youtube's just been a pat in a bum sometimes it's like oh this not hell they're doing on youtube <laughs> it's like well you
1: know i think it's fine if you're going to fix it yourself I and mean, then you take yeah. your responsibility it's not quite the same i think if you spoke to uh, the medical profession they'd have similar points of view about the uh, yeah. it's actually quite empowering to be able to use the internet to look up stuff but the downside is yeah. people start to get into self-diagnosis and um, oh, that's right that can be quite i use
0: youtube myself for work i Sometimes I just don't remember how to do certain things. I just YouTube it and it's like, oh, yeah, that's it. Easy done. Yeah, it's (laughs)
1: it's become really – it's actually funny because a lot of uh, trades companies do use it in that way, right, to either Mm. see how other people are doing stuff, keep up to date Mm. on new Mm. things. Uh, And it's become quite a global phenomenon. I think there's a lot of uh, plumbers, electricians, carpenters, plasterers looking at other people all over the world doing things in slightly different ways. And so I think it's been great for that. I think the downside, of course, is you have a you have a base level of knowledge at least. Yeah, well, that's right. You know, because there's safety involved in some of this stuff, and so mm. I think if you're, yeah, there's certain things I would do, and there's certain things I just wouldn't do around my house myself, right? If it involves gas, electrics, yeah, or exactly. most other things, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch it. Uh, I'm gonna be mm. a professional in. Um, yeah, that's really cool. And then you know, what, one of the other areas I, I wanted to touch on was you know the future for you in terms of growth of the business. You know, you're at a decent size now. Is your plan to keep growing or uh, what's the intention?
0: Yeah, well, at the moment, I'm trying to grow the business and get staff staff stable and able to work unsupervised and without me yeah. being a shadow, um, mainly because I've got to have a surgery on my arm soon because the, the trade has um, killed it. It's given me a severe tennis elbow. Um, so I'm trying to build up on my staff at the moment. And um, like I said, I'm looking at bigger and better things as well. Like I've got a big project. I'm in the middle of tendering at the moment. It's probably one of the biggest jobs that I've actually ever tackled. Um, I did arm and arm about it and thought, oh, you know, maybe I just should just say no. I'm not going to quote it. It's too big. Then I thought, you know what? I'm not going to grow if I don't have a go. So um, hopefully, fingers crossed, it works out my way um, and it helps us grow and get our name a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I don't intend on slowing down, yeah. Um, yeah, um, I'll, I'm always open to new opportunities, and uh, you know, I had a builder just out of the blue, so I've heard your ad on the radio today. Um, just oh, wow, uh, great
1: for the radio ad,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I was just wondering if you're interested in doing our work for insurance work and um renovations and whatnot, and he explained to me that they're doing a huge um. Uh, Upgrade in some of the local schools soon, and um, they're getting into housing. I thought, like, mate, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, cool. and then so, you know, with with that sort of, you know, I presume big jobs like that, and everything else brings quite a lot of stress and essential yeah. anxiety, and being the person that's, you know, you've got employees that work for you that you need to pay and and do all that stuff. That's how do you there. how do you balance that? How do you juggle that? How do you deal with that that stress? Um, it's
0: yeah, I kind of just bite my um, nails and, you know, you know, we'll just see how we go kind of thing. Like, that's what stops me from going for the bigger stuff is uh, my anxiety on getting paid, especially dealing with out-of-towners and, and um, whatnot. But I've dealt with some out-of-towners in the past and um, I still have them anxieties, um, especially right. now I've got staff and whatnot I need to pay, but I'm a little bit more eased on it um but yeah it is kind of stressful so i kind of just yeah take it as it comes now um, especially after having cancer and whatnot i've learned that you know life's short and yep. um you know it's no need to dwell on things uh, just keep moving forward um, that's a
1: huge um yeah i mean that does put perspective on things yeah so, you know, you yeah know, so to I, having
0: to the that. cancer change yeah. a whole leap of things in my perspective and everything um you know as far as you know uh, my custody arrangements with my kids that i haven't had um and just everything on life itself like you know little things it's no use dwelling on little things because you know just need to just keep progressing and moving forward because uh you can't just leave something hold you back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of probably what I do now. It's just take it as it comes. And I've got my partner. She's like, just don't worry about it. We'll deal with it when it comes. So she kind of re- reminds me of <laughs> what I'll plan on doing anyway. So I think having yeah. someone,
1: uh, I've heard that from other people, having someone there that supports you even when they're, you know. Through, yeah. Through my partner, my new partner right yeah.
0: now has been a, great support and like the business itself and everything I i was a little worried at start i was doing you know so much extra hours with work um or um having to work on a weekend and you know right. i was scared i was gonna let her down but she was complete opposite of my ex-partner and she understands that I'd need to be out there working so I can pay for the electricity bill and the gas bill and the rent and whatnot. Um, So whereas the ex-partner always wanted me around and I don't think she really understood that things could be paid because she never worked. Um, So yeah, I think she's more like my yin to my yang kind of thing, my new partner. Um, And uh, yeah, she keeps me balanced.
1: Great, yeah. good, good. And then, um, you know, last last couple of questions, or the last one really is, you know, one is, you know, you talked about your staff. Are you planning to bring on apprentices? Bearing in mind your own experience, and I am actually.
0: Um, I've got a labourer at the moment, and he's a great bloke, and he's one of my old school friends. But the only downside is he has a learning disability, so I can't teach him any more stuff than what I've already taught him because I'll just be pulling my hair out. Um, and I worked out that if I was to teach him how to plaster it, i will probably be doing it for the next 20 years. So, um, as much as a, a good worker he is, our workload is increasing. Uh, so, I am looking at putting an apprentice on next year um, to, to pretty much teach my wisdom to and uh, get things done the way I want it done. Because uh, at the moment, my, I, my uh that I have uh, on wages is old school. He's like, old enough to be my father. <laughs> um, so he, he plasters the old school way. It's really hard to teach a dog new tricks, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but uh, especially with technology, <laughs> like the logging in and um, timesheets and whatnot has been a bit of a task for him. Um, so I'd like to have someone fresh and teach them everything and, and um, maybe even lead, lead the business on in the future. Hopefully, right. fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I am looking at expanding and putting on an apprentice. So I'll probably do one next year and maybe another one the following year.
1: Yeah, cool, great, fantastic. And then um, I don't want to get big any- too quick. No, I was going to say, I mean, there's, that's yeah. always the balance, balancing act. So yeah. any, any words of advice for anyone else that's sort of listening and maybe going through the same thing, thinking about going out on their own or have just started out on their own? Anything you, you look back on that you think would be the most important thing to consider? Um,
0: probably one of the most important things to consider is like the taxation side of things. It's sure uh, you know, down pat with that and don't fall behind. Um, so especially like, like in my case, I ended up using GST quite a lot right. um, from in my past relationship and uh, run up a huge debt, um, and it kind of lingers around, doesn't go away. Um, so yeah, make sure you got all your bookkeeping correct, um, and uh, yeah, treat your workers with respect for the way you want to be treated. Uh, be, be a leader as well as a mentor, um, not just be a boss. Um, obviously, there's a fine line between boss and a mate, but I kind of find a happy medium with that yep. and yep. Uh, maintain that relationship with my workers. Um, and also quality of work. You've got to have quality of work. Otherwise, if you produce crap quality, well, you're going to get a bad name. Bad names, no work. So, yeah, and And organisation, that's a big one. Uh, I have so many people that say, oh, you know, I had someone um, say they were going to come do a quote and they never showed up. Or, oh, I had such and such do a quote for me, but they never got back to me. So I always get back to your quotes. Um, But that's a big one. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I've won so many jobs just for the simple fact that I sent a quote back within either a couple of days of um doing the job and what i found with Tradeify is that the, with the inquiry section i now go into a job and i fill out the inquiry section with you know just rough notes of what's involved with the job what material i'm going to need and all i gotta do is do a kind of a copy paste kind of thing to a quote fill out all the material costs and then send it away and uh yeah, customers are quite happy with that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, cool. Also, maybe different payment options because things are getting tight these days. Um, and buy now pay later is getting a big thing. Um, I kind of look at myself as a pioneer in that thing, c- c- kind of thing here in Mildura, like the plastering industry. Um, I think I'm the only plasterer that's doing it, but I do a buy now pay later similar to Zip Pay and whatnot. Right. Yeah. So, I do hum which is uh, run by Surdigy um, and uh, also partnered up with a finance company that does loans as well. So I have different options out there for clients. And sometimes that helps me win jobs too, like that won me one we won today. Because um, I said, look, you know, Christmas has come around the corner. I know it's going to be a big amount to spend, but, um, you know, I do an interest-free option if you're willing to do that and you can get your reno done. Um, through myself and then still have christmas money
1: yeah 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 so, yeah it's definitely an area i think it's going to keep yeah, in that yeah. space. yeah for but, sure
0: but definitely like if you're going out on your own and starting yourself always yeah always follow up on your quotes um and always send them out and um treat your workers with respect and i reckon you, yeah you'll go far
1: Great advice. Great advice. Mm-hmm. Now we always finish with a few quick, quick fire questions, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with these. Yeah. Um, if you weren't a plasterer, what would you, what trade would you pick? Well,
0: not well. I wanted to be an electrician um, at school, but I had done a certificate basic in electronics course, and I stuffed around too much and failed. <laughs> so that kind of put me off it. But I actually wanted to be in the air force. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I wanted to be a pilot, but then I found that my eyes were no good. So I wanted to um, be a military working dog handler, But that didn't go my way either. So, um, yeah, I ended up relying on the trade.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So I could have done a different trade other than plastering because it's not the easiest trade to do. But, yeah, I enjoy what I do.
1: Yeah, good. Mm. Glad to hear it. Uh, the other one is like your lunch when you're out. When you're out in site, what's your what would be your go-to lunch? I guess if you had a, a choice versus something you have every day. Jump. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not a fan of taking lunches to
0: work, but sometimes I have to on some jobs because they're a little bit far away from civilization, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, uh, winter pies definitely. Yeah. Um, summer, salad rolls, um, or your, you know, McDonald's or KFCs and all that type of stuff. Yeah, like I said, junk. <laughs> junk food. Yeah, well, that seems yeah. to be the common common yeah. answer. And
1: yeah. then it's starting to open up in uh, Victoria a lot more now, which is uh, been, been good to see. Do you is there a sporting event or a, a music event you'd want to get to now? Things are opening up.
0: Um I actually am going to the Mornington Country Music Festival in uh, March next year. Um, which yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it, but kind of not. I'm not a country music fan myself, but I've been oh, thousand, so, i oh you're not a So my partner, she she loves country music and um, you know, I support her and you know what, that's what a whole a whole week a whole weekend of it. Kind of, yeah. Is that a whole weekend
1: of country music? Oh
0: um it yeah, it's well it's the day trip, I think, for the for uh, okay. the festival itself. Um but yeah, we're gonna make a weekend of it. Nice. Um but I'm looking forward to holidays, but I don't know where to go. <laughs> yeah, Anywhere. Moment, Anywhere. yeah. <laughs> borders are a little bit funny at the moment. Victoria is completely open. South Australia is just starting to open up, but yeah. they have rules. Queensland, they have rules. Western Australia, well, they might as well. Um, be like Donald Trump and build a wall because <laughs> they just don't want no one there. Um, oh, so, yeah. Down? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, COVID's put a huge spanner on the works and everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Even with our, yeah. our business, we had to shut down for a little while because most of our work was um, in occupied homes. So right, we had to right, shut right. down for get... a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, they, we got rewarded with it in the end. The government paid us out with a nice little um, payment, so that was great.
1: It's good that that support was there. And then, yeah. do you have a do you have a tool of choice or a tool brand of choice that you, you would always go to?
0: Tool of choice, um, I use the automatic taping tools, and uh, yeah. they're a North Star brand. And yeah, I'd probably stick with North Star. Yeah, uh, they're actually a really good brand. And uh, just recently, I bought a new sander machine. I went from an old, cheap, nasty pro sander to um, what's called a Merca um, brand. And uh, yeah, pays to buy the dearer brands <laughs> because yeah, you do get Especially what you Especially when you're pay using for. it as
1: regularly as you do, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: you do get what you pay for. So yeah, this new machine, I, got, I swear by that too, but yeah. yeah. Um, far as the finishing tools, um, I use Hyde. Um, it's an American brand and they're very common globally yeah
1: yeah yeah cool um and anyone else you know anyone else you you've come across that you think we should speak to next
0: probably more plasters. if i'm the only one so far
1: (laughs) yeah i think so we'll get another one yeah yeah
0: probably um, more it'd be good to hear what they've got to say
1: yeah Um, comparison yeah Yeah. well look john i really appreciate your openness by the way you've shared a lot about your journey and you know the the ups and the downs um Mm. which is you know glad to hear that things are Picking up. I hope that tender goes your way. Good luck with that. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, keep seeing the, the business grow. Uh, and appreciate you spending the time. I know you're a busy man. So appreciate you spending the time with us to talk about no, your experience. You. And hopefully, there's people out there that will take some, uh, try and avoid some of those pitfalls if they can. And, and from mm. the experience, also some inspiration from some of the things you went through and bounce back from. So uh, yeah, thanks again. Really appreciate it. So easy yeah cool and thanks oh. everyone else for for listening and watching and as always rate review give us comments and feedback and if you want to be on the show as well and um, hit us up at the email that's in the show notes um until next time thanks everyone cheers bye
0: and that brings us to the end of this episode behind the tools is brought to you by Tradeify, job management software for your trade business if you enjoyed the podcast let us know by leaving a review and be sure to tell your mates about